welcome to the Sex Within Marriage podcast. For those who are listening for the first time, I'm JD. My blog is at sexwithinmarriage.com, and I blog about married sexuality from a Christian perspective. I'm also a Christian marriage coach, and you can check out my practice at anonymousmarriagecoaching.com. This week, I'm going to be talking a bit about what being the head of the household means to me. Uh, In our family, we uh, follow a biblical model of the husband is the head of the household and the wife is uh, in a support role. And these days, standing up and saying that can be a bit dangerous for men. Uh, With gender equality so strong in our society, the idea of gender roles is often kind of scoffed at and looked down upon. I've heard many people say that patriarchy is just an excuse for men to do what they want when they want, but I don't see it that way. So here's what being the head of the household kind of means to me. A big part of that is that as the head of the household, I have ultimate authority within the family. And that's what people who don't like this model like to focus on. They like to say, look, see, the husband has all the power and therefore he gets to do what he wants. And this is just an overbearing position. And it's just a use to kind of enslave his wife and the rest of the family. But what happens is they forget about the other side of the coin. And that is that if I have ultimate authority within the family, it means I have the ultimate responsibility as well. Being the head of the household is about leadership, but it's also about service. And too often we focus on one or the other of these too much. And that's when we kind of get into trouble. Uh, when you focus too much on leadership, that's when you get these overbearing husbands and fathers. When you focus too much on service, that's when you get these kind of weaker husbands and fathers that don't really do much. They're just kind of there to help pay the bills. That's sort of what we see in TV. You know, husbands and fathers are are kind of the laughing joke of of our media. Um, they're they're the big idiots in the room, the ones that you can always make fun of. Uh, almost every sitcom has this dynamic in it, and I think it's because you know a lot of people don't really understand how this dynamic is supposed to work. Uh, for many women, having their husband lead is kind of a frightening prospect. You know, some don't understand that women are called uh, to support their husbands and to follow, uh, but that this isn't from a place of weakness, but uh, rather a place of power. It doesn't make them a doormat to submit. Jesus came to serve, he came to submit, and yet no one thinks that Jesus was weak or that he was stepped on all the time. Uh, he, He served from a place of power. And just as a wife submits to her husband, you know, her husband is still ultimately submitting to God. And often that's kind of dropped out of the equation as well. Either that or it's focused on, again, too much. And women will say, well, you know, I will submit to my husband as soon as he starts submitting perfectly to God. And that's a, that's a very wrong way to go about it. I'd say it's an unbiblical way to go about it. And I think we'll get into that in another podcast episode. But the other way that this turns is that sometimes uh, women submit almost too much. You know, they make themselves kind of nothing. And that's not beneficial to anybody. You know, most men would be wise to listen to their wife's advice, uh, which doesn't mean blindly follow it, uh, which unfortunately I see a lot of men doing. And 
but rather that you know the Bible tells us that many advisors are are good to have, uh, that you should listen to wise counsel. And if we aren't uh, listening to our wise, who in many cases can be wiser about certain things than we are, uh, then we are losing out on an amazing kind of dynamic that God has given us in marriage. For many men, being a leader is frightening as well, because being the leader means you get to stick your neck out first. You know, it means you get to try all the new things, even the dangerous ones. It means that you will be remembered as the one who led, either wisely or foolishly. And it means that your children will look up to you, they'll follow you, whether that's good or bad. And so there's a lot of responsibility there. There's a lot of kind of things that are sitting on your shoulders. But ultimately, living out this dynamic, uh, I find it ta- it makes for a happier marriage. You know, I've seen in many of our surveys that uh, the marriages that say that they have a biblical model of hedge- headship and submission, you know, they their sexual frequency increases, their intimacy increases, uh, peace in the house increases. Uh, I think a lot of this comes from there being, you know, there's a clear direction. You know, there's one person leading. Uh, the Bible tells us that we can't serve two masters, and a household can't go, can't have two leaders. It just doesn't work. Uh, either they tend to fight against each other, or nobody leaves, and they just kind of go on with life. But that's not really what we're called to do as Christians. We're called to be more proactive than that, to have a goal, to be working towards God's kingdom. And I think having one person as a leader helps this immensely. And whenever we work within God's plan, whenever we're fulfilling our roles, uh, it tends to lead to joy in our own lives. But still, I know some are going to have some serious objections to this. Uh, the biggest one is usually, oh, well, you know, if we do this, then the husbands can do anything they want. And uh, I thought about that one day, and I I said, yeah, you know what? I, I could probably do anything I want. I could um, decide whatever job I want. Uh, I could decide if I was going to work. I could decide, oh, maybe my wife will go to work and I can stay home and do nothing. And then I come across this verse in 1 Timothy 5 verse 8 that says, if anyone doesn't provide for their family, uh, he's denied the faith and he is worse than an unbeliever. And so, okay, well, as a leader of a family, that, that means I can't, I can't do that if I'm following God. You know, as a leader of the family, Maybe you could say, well, I could decide where we go to church or if we go to church. You know, we could decide uh, if we pray or what we do on Sabbath or anything like that. And then, but we see this verse in Matthew 18 that says, you know, if you, if you cause children to be misdirected, you know, it's better for you to have a millstone hung around your neck and thrown into the sea. Uh, that, that's a pretty strong message to anybody who's leading. You know, I could say, uh, well, I have control of all the assets of the family. I can do whatever I want with the money. I can decide what to spend and what to buy. And then I see this verse in Malachi 3 verse 8 that says, you know, will a man rob God, yet you rob me? 
but I ask, how do we rob you in tithes and offerings? You know, there, there are so many verses in the Bible telling us how to wisely spend our money. In fact, there are more verses about money than there are about prayer or faith. Uh, I think there are about five times as many about finances and money than there are about praying. Uh, because I think God knew that money was really going to trip us up. And so we can't really spend what we want or do what we want. We have all these guidelines that God was telling us, hey, look, be good stewards of what I've given you. And as a leader of the family, you have to take all these into account. Even in in terms of, you know, what you eat, you would think, well, at least I, I could pick what I want to eat, what we have for supper. And, you know, I could eat anything I want. We could have candy for supper if I wanted. Uh, and then we see in Proverbs uh, 23, verse 2, that, you know, put a knife to your own throat if you have a big appetite. And we see that really, as a leader of a family, you are not restricted necessarily, but there is a lot of kind of pressure, or rather responsibility, to follow God's commandments, and more than his commandments, but rather to follow God in a way that honors him, and to show your family, and to show your kids, and well, to lead your family to do that. You know, the Bible says that the husbands are, they're the priests of the family, and that is a huge calling and a huge responsibility, one that I think gets ignored way too often. And so household leadership, you know, it seems to be less about privilege and more about this responsibility. Uh, there's a lot more uh, kind of guts here than glory, if you will. Uh, and to sometimes people on the outside who aren't in this position, they they don't really see that. All they see is kind of like the, the perks of the job, uh, but they don't see uh, all the work that kind of goes into it. But of course, I don't do everything on my own as well. Uh, I am very blessed to have a very wise wife, a very hardworking wife, uh, and she she manages our household on the day-to-day basis. As much as I tend to make the larger, long-term uh, plans and decisions, she's the one who's holding down the fort from day-to-day while I'm gone. Uh, she she takes care of our five kids. She does the vast majority of the cooking and cleaning. She homeschools them as well. And on top of that, she's been either pregnant or breastfeeding for the last decade. Uh, she definitely works way harder than me, who tends to sit behind a desk for eight hours a day. But it's not just that like I'm the leader and she's the kind of worker in the house. She's not the maid and the cook and the daycare. Uh, she is very much a partner. And even though uh, I'm the head and then she supports me, that doesn't mean that we're not equal in value, even though we have differing roles. And that's something I think gets glossed over a lot. You know, there's such a strong call for equality that sometimes people mistake what we should be equal in. You know, I, I 100% agree that all all humans are equal in value. No one person is worth more than another. But that doesn't mean that we're equal in our roles. You know, I, I could not go out and effectively pastor a church. Uh, I do not have the skill for administration that that requires. You know, the vision to, to grow uh, and shepherd and, and everything... Uh, 
a church congregation that is that is beyond my skill set uh, does that mean my pastor is a more valuable person than me by no means uh oftentimes he delegates things to me because he knows uh i have stronger gifts in some of these other things uh i tend to get uh, a lot of kind of weird questions uh, theology questions because he knows that's what I really like to ta- tackle and that's kind of where my skill set is. So we have, uh, we have an equal value, but, but very, very different roles, uh, even as it just relates to our church structure. But given that his role is administration within our church, he is, uh, placed above me in terms of authority. However, outside of that capacity, you know, we, we are very good friends. We act together like equals. We treat each other as equals. So we have to get rid of this idea that you know, equality in roles is equal to an equality in value. Um, that's a very, very old mindset that really shouldn't have any place in society anymore. And I think that's what people kind of started getting towards and then it kind of went too far. You know, they pushed the spectrum way over on the other side and tried to make everyone equal. And and I don't think that's wise. I've been known to say in the past that my wife is my most valuable asset. And sometimes people get upset at that idea. That they think I'm talking about her like an object that I can use. But that's not what I mean at all. I mean it in the same way that, like, having a partner is a huge asset. And the Bible kind of uses the same terminology. You know, in Proverbs 31, verse 10, you know, it says, A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth more than rubies. You know, uh, in Proverbs 12, verse 4, it says, An excellent wife is the crown of her husband. You know, there's these comparisons of, of a wife being this kind of valuable object. And it's not that a wife is just something that's there to look pretty or there to do our work for us or something like that, but rather that uh, having a wife, having someone to support you in your role of leadership can help, can help you do more together than you could on your own. For example, married men compared to single men, you know, they get paid more, they get promoted faster. They are victims of fewer crimes. They're less likely to get cancer. They live longer. Now, these are some, amazing benefits for finding someone who uh, believes in what you want to do in the world and is willing to help you support in doing that, especially if your goal together is to work together for God's glory. And that, I think, is really what being the head of the household is. Not that you're this kind of king in your palace and you can do anything you want, but rather that you're this kind of odd blend of a leader and a servant, that it's your job to kind of jump into the battles first, to take the brunt of the attacks. Uh, and then you still have to maintain it for the long term to be responsible for your actions, uh, for the lessons that you've taught your kids and the things that you've modeled to others. Um, to me, that's what it means to be the head of the household, uh, not just for me, but for my entire family. It's sort of like a team and I'm team captain. Or if uh, you prefer a sci-fi analogy, it's like 
you're on a starship and I'm the captain and my wife is the first officer. Uh, I heard that analogy somewhere and I think that's very apt. Thoughts a bit about my thoughts about being the leader of the family. I think I'll stop there for now. I, I could honestly talk about this for hours and I'm going to try to have a few more episodes about this because I think it's a, something that doesn't get a lot of attention in Christianity. It's not taught. It's not modeled. Uh, a lot of us are kind of trying to figure it out on our own. And I know it took me nearly a decade to kind of get my feet under me uh, with this whole head of the household thing. And I'm honestly still trying to figure out some of the little tricks and quirks and everything on how to do this. Um, but I will pass on what I can. I hope you have an awesome week. Uh, check out the blog for this week's marriage challenge. And I'll talk to you next Wednesday.